Now, if you love your motorsport, switch your ears on. Here's a book perfect for a summer read or under the old Chrissy tree. Formula One, the Australian and New Zealand story. Story. John Smiles is the author. He joins us now. It's a hardback book. There is some magnificent photos mm. never seen before. It's a ripper. The old <laughs> case-bound <laughs> section. So, no, it's a great production. John, welcome. Thank you very much indeed. It's a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, how good's that? Never realised since the 50s there's been 15 Aussies and nine Kiwis that have yeah, been yeah, F1ers, yeah. eh? Yeah, exactly, exactly, out of all of the people who've had a go. And they've, they've punched above their weight. I mean, Australia is regarded as being the, the seventh most successful nation in the world in Goodness. Formula One, out of 39 nations that have contested it. So it's a pretty good pretty good record, really. My word. Now, we've all heard of Jack Brabham, Sir Jack. We know of Alan Jones. They won the title. But I've never heard of New Zealand's Denny Holm. Seriously? No. Denny, Denny, Denny Slap was the me, best. Johnny Smiles. <laughs> Slap me. <laughs> he's, he's the other world champion. Wow. 1967, he, he drove as Jack Brabham's number two. And let me tell you, he was the best number two driver in the world. Um yeah, there are, there are guys who, out there who are speed kings. They're, they're, the, they're the Brabham's of this world. The mm. number twos are there to, to, to kind of guard your back. Yes. But, but Denny, Denny was good enough that he just uh, powered on in 1967 and claimed just enough points to beat the boss, Jack Brabham, to Goodness. the World Championship that year. And then tragically was killed Ooh. at that, or rather died at Bathurst uh, in the Bathurst 1000 some wow. 30 years later, uh, when he had a heart attack at the wheel of his BMW, uh, aged 56. Oh. And his last act as a racing driver was to pull safely to the side of the road so that he wouldn't disturb anyone else as he passed away. Oh, Quite an incredible story, yeah. That's in the book. God bless. 56, yeah. that's my age. feel a bit vulnerable now. Um, I'm sorry to put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Johnny. Went to a funeral today too. Um, yeah. Mark Webber and Daniel Ricciardo. Probably our two best uh, of the modern era. Pick one. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, which is your favourite child? Um, I'd, I'd have to say that Weber is uh, a bloke that I think of as a, as a contemporary, and he was the true trailblazer. Uh, by any standards, his career is stellar. He's the twelfth biggest Formula One point scorer of all time. But the way he went about it, the way he and his wife Anne later wife Anne, uh, she was his manager at the time, uh, went, went about uh, infiltrating the Red Bull racing team, which is a very hard nut to crack, and the way they went about it was, was quite exemplary. Having said that, Daniel Ricciardo has a smile that Novak Djokovic would kill for, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and yeah. a personality to match, I'd, I'd have to say. Yeah. So, yeah, if you, if you're looking for the for the bloke who's captured the heart and soul of Formula One, rather than necessarily the results, it's yeah. it's Danny Rick, and yeah. now that he's with McLaren and scored a scored a race win this year, stand by for 2022. This is Danny Rick's opportunity now to finally win the World Championship that oh. saluted him for the last decade. God, I hope he can. Tight courses is his go because he loves passing. Mark Webber, if he's out in front, you'll never get in front of him. Hey, why haven't more tin-top V8 supercar drivers crossed over to Formula One? Oh, it's just so difficult. I mean, the Formula One is the absolute pinnacle, and you've got to dedicate yourself to it. These days, from basically your very early teens, if you're, if you're going to, uh, 
to achieve anything at all. A couple of uh, Ken Top guys have had goes in Formula One cars. Craig Lowndes was the the go. Uh, He went over and did a a season in one of the junior formula in uh, in Great Britain and on the continent, Uh, but uh, uh, unfortunately just didn't quite cut the mustard against the... uh, uh, the competitive nature of that sport, not only in terms of, of talent, because he's got the talent, but, but more in terms of the money and the backing. And that, that's what's so hard to crack. Uh, Lowndes actually drove a, a Formula One car around Bathurst one year uh, against Jensen Button, who was the world champion at the time. And, and Lowndes was within 0.6 of a second of Button in a Formula One car at Bathurst, having never driven a Formula One car uh, yeah. before. So, you know, what could Lowndes have done is the question mark, I guess. Mm, mm. Chapter 19, punching above our weight. We've certainly done that in search of the next champion. Is it Oscar Piastri? Oh, please. How, how good is this? Just last night, Oscar has now been uh, confirmed as Renault's relief driver, how good uh, reserve driver for, for 2022. That is a brilliant, brilliant effort. This kid, I've got to say, is just genius. In three years, he's won Formula Renault, Formula 3. Now he's leading the Formula 2 championship with two races to go. And his step up next year is Formula 1. I mean, you couldn't get a better sequence of, uh, of success than that. And, and it's all down to he and his dad. His dad, Chris, has just been the world's best manager without ever having, having had experience in, in Formula 1. Chris seems to have picked every opportunity just right, managed the kid just right, and got him to where he is today. I don't know if you're aware of it, but two years ago, when he, last year rather, when he won the Formula 3 World Championship, he also uh, passed his high school certificate of the English equivalent oh, in, the si- in the same year because Dad insisted that he have a good education as well as going motor racing. Yeah. So everything that Piastri family done, has done has just been textbook. It's been really good. So Oscar, on his talent alone, but with his parents backing, really deserves to get into Formula One. Fantastic. John Smiles, this is a loaded question. You're speaking to Adelaide here. Adelaide Grand Prix, the track, the race, the atmosphere, is it 100 times better than the old Melbourne F1's ever put on at Albert oh, Park? Geez. Ever. Geez, 100. Geez, Not are. one, 100 times better, John Smiles. <laughs> I- Look, I, I, I absolutely loved Adelaide. I always yes. did. I thought Adelaide was just the go because the city of Adelaide embraced the race that, that, that ran through their parkland and ultimately through their CBD. Now, you can go to Melbourne, and as good a, a track as Albert Park is, you can be halfway up Collins Street and you don't know it's on. Uh, and to me, that's a great disappointment. I mean, the, the point is that Adelaide embraced Formula One like Monaco embraced Formula One, and that was a power of difference. That was mm. really good. And, and so, in answer to your question, if it ever came back to Adelaide, I'd turn up, for yes. sure. Oh, you're a star. <laughs> okay, of all them, of all the drivers, of all the drivers in this book, Formula One, the Australian and New Zealand story, you got one to drive for your life. Who is it? Who are you picking? Ricardo, Brabham, Weber, Jones, oh, Hulm? The, 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 the gold standard is Jack Brabham. Yes, uh, Jack, Jack, Jack did everything exactly right. Three times world champion, twice world constructors champion, the only bloke ever uh, to win a Formula One championship in a car in a car of his own design and uh, and branding. Uh, 
Jack set the standard for everyone in the field ever. Uh, people used to say, you know, that he, he wasn't as quick as some of the gods of speed, the, the Ayrton centers of this world. But when you come down to it, Jack had an engineer's touch and he used to want to win at the slowest possible speed to protect the motor car. And in doing so, he kind of established his own reputation as not being an Ayrton Center or a Jackie Stewart, which I think is really unfair because Jack was as good as they come when it came to an out-and-out fight in a Formula One car. John, congratulations on your book. It's great history, number one. Some of the interviews are just first class. The insights that you give, I love the colour pics. It's a well-put-together book. Sits nicely underneath that Christmas tree, the old Allen and Unwin publication in all good bookstores. John, all the best, and thanks for your time. Thank you very much indeed. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, great work. John Smiles there. Everyone knows his voice. Everyone knows him through F1. It is a ripping book of high quality. Mm -hmm. It's it's one of those ones you can pick up, read a chapter, and then put it down. You read the chapter, you go, wowee, I didn't know that about Jack Bremen. Nine Kiwis. Wouldn't have known that. Yeah, I feel terrible that I didn't know that Denny Holm had won a New Zealand World Championship in the F1. To be honest, They, They don't fall off trees. No, most people could name you four, probably. Brabham, Jones, Ricardo, Weber. Yeah, there you go. Then it stops for a lot of people. Yeah. So get the so book. get the book. Formula the One, the Australian New Zealand story from John Smiles. John, right answer too on the uh, Adelaide Grand Prix. He piece. knew he was there. No, a, he legit. I know he right. loved it. That's right. We all loved it. He's about to do an interview with AW and say, Melbourne's the greatest ever. Yeah. Bank of SA <laughs> went south. And right. Guess what happened to the Formula One? Yeah, that went north or east. Libby Cosmala, officially Sports Hall of Fame inductee, next.